Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask the Coach Show, episode 47. I'm Jeff Plum from Ping Skills, and this is the show where you ask table tennis questions and we answer them. Today, we're going to talk about dummy loops, the pickaxe serve, balls dribbling over the net, and being unpredictable. We also have our first Ask the Coach competition where you could win one month of our premium membership. It's going to be pretty exciting, and with me, as always, is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeffrey. How are you? Good, thanks. That's good. I had good some to hear. music today. Uh, oh, like it's called it. River Flow. Quite like it. Just to get so us into the mood. Is this you on the guitar? Uh, no, still not me on the guitar. Still not you. Okay. I should make it me on the guitar, shouldn't I? One day I will play on the guitar at the start of the show. All right. Looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm sure other people aren't. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about yesterday's Ping Skiller question of the day. Do you remember your first tournament, Alloys? I certainly do. It was a long, long time ago. I was, I was um, nine years old. It was the City of Melbourne Under 10 Singles Tournament. And, uh, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, yeah. Was it a good experience? Of- yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And um yeah, got to got to play some matches and uh it was yeah, it was it didn't really, you know, understand that it was a tournament or anything and I've still got a picture of um of me being presented with my runners up trophy. Um Runner so, up, well done. Yeah, exactly. What a what a what a good start. So uh yeah, no, I, I loved it. Um and uh yeah. Yeah, my first, my first memory of a tournament, Alois, was a handicap competition where you got head starts depending on whether you were playing a better player or a uh, player they thought wasn't as good as you. And so when you first come to a club and you've never played before, they give you this sort of baseline, you, you know, you're the bottom of the, <laughs> the list. And they play in groups first and then you progress to a knockout stage. And I managed to progress through my groups and in your groups, you play people around your standard, but then when you move on, you play all these better players. And the first guy I came up to in the knockout stage was like this guy that was just unbelievably good, Andrew Berg, his name was, and he just logged me off the whole game. He, he just went back. He didn't want to make a mistake. I had like, I started on 27, and he was like minus three, and it was up to 31 for this handicap competition. So I only had four points to get, and he had to win like 34, and he, I think I only got two points, and he beat me just by lobbing me off, and I thought, oh, my goodness, there's so much to learn about this game. But it was really good, and, you know, it's great to see better players at clubs and really encourages you to go on. So, yeah, it was a good experience for me too. Yeah, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> you weren't devastated. That's, that's excellent. <laughs> yes. No, I thought it was great. And I think that I think that's really important, isn't it? You know, like when you when you do start to play these better players, just understand that you can um, you can learn a lot from them. You know, often often the experience of players when they play their first tournament is they go in there and they and they just get absolutely thumped and um, you know can't return spins and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, use it as a learning experience. Use it as a as a way to to say, wow, look, this is this is what I can do. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, good, good points there, Alois. 
And um, and they do have different events. So you know, so I started off against players that were similar to me. So you don't always get thumped at the tournaments. There's certain players that will certainly beat you comprehensively, but you get a good wide range of experiences, which is great. Um, but yeah, that attitude is important, Alice. Um, so let's move on, Alice, to the Ping Skillers question of the day, and pretty exciting today because we've got our first Ask the Coach competition. Um, where you can win one month free premium membership. So the the question is, write down the men's and women's singles World Tour Grand Final winners as a comment on our blog. So go to www.pingskills.com and click on the blog link. Um, we'll put the blog up after the show. Write down the men's and women's singles World Tour Grand Final winners. And the first person on there in time order to name both winners on the blog wins. So you've got to get your entry in early, otherwise um, someone else might beat you to it. Um, and I don't really think we need a deadline thinking about this, Alice, because you've got to be the first one. So you've got to get your name in there first to win the competition. Yep. Sounds uh, good. So, um, Are yeah. you allowed to win Sorry, Alice? Are you allowed to enter? Um, I should be allowed to enter, but I think not. No, definitely not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have picked Ofcharov. What do you think about Ofcharov's chances? Uh, yeah, like on paper, he certainly does look the goods. But here's a little stat for you: Ofcharov has never won a knockout match at the uh, World Tour Finals. In so, like how many attempts? I think six attempts. I think six years he's made it, still hasn't won a match. Mm, there's, yeah, there's no, this is his year, Alois. He'll, uh, he'll win his first round and he'll win the rest. He, okay, <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, All right. Yeah, make sure you get your, your comments in, guys, on the blog. Um, and the, the blog will go up a couple of minutes after we finish uh, the show. So, yep. Get on there. Yes, indeed. All right, let's talk about dummy loops, Alois. Um, Sawyer has heard the term dummy loop on a table tennis blog, and it had a vague definition, and he couldn't grasp the concept. So what is a dummy loop? Yeah, a dummy loop um, is a loop where you... Um, it looks like you're putting a lot of topspin on the ball, but in fact, you're not getting much spin on the ball. Um, so... The way to do that is so sorry. So to get a lot of topspin on the ball, when you make your contact, you brush the ball finely, and that's the way that you get um, a good topspin loop. So to make a dummy loop, what you do is you just open up the angle of your racket a little bit and make that contact. So you might start in the same position, but as you come through, you just flatten out the contact. That gets the height the same way as um, a normal loop and then you close it over. So it's um, a little bit of deception and you're getting less spin on the ball on contact. So why is that advantageous? I mean, it's almost basically like a lob then, isn't it? It's, it's just the variation that you get um, from the heavy top spin loop to the the no spin dummy loop. And yeah, other terms, you know, the bread mill or, or the baby elephant loop, um, yeah, you might have your you might have your own term for that. So uh, 
So yeah, you can put that in the comments on here as well. So okay, yeah. the baby elephant loop sounds interesting. Now I've got some questions about this sort of loop. So if you're not putting any top spin on it, then the ball's not going to dip. So surely you can't play a fast stroke here. Is that That's right? right? That's right. But it it look in flight, it can look a lot like the slow spinny top spin. So the slow spinny top spin um, goes through the air quite slowly. Um, and does that, so that's the um, that's the path. When you just basically lob the ball, it's got the same sort of trajectory. It'll be a little bit different, um, but the same sort of traje trajectory. So um, that makes it a little bit harder um, for your opponent to tell what type of uh, spins on the ball. Yeah, so me personally, I didn't use the dummy loop very often. I might use it if I sort of was out of position and struggling to get to a ball or it was into my middle, then I could move over and just do this dummy loop. Um, yep. But if I got in good position, I'd normally play a strong loop. Or the only other time is if they sort of, if they push the ball higher and it stepped way back from the table, then you might do a dummy loop because they're too far back and that comes a bit shorter. What about yeah. you, Alex? Did you use the yeah. dummy loop very often? Yeah, I, I, I quite liked it. I um, as um, it, I used I used the slow spinny top spin a lot, um, and so I used to use the 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 dummy or the bread mill uh, quite a bit just um, just to get a bit of deception. And and it's amazing how effective it can be because you um, the the opponent's expecting a lot of spin, and they they they're going to you know uh, have the angle of their racket right over to counter the spin, and the ball just blops into the net, and they feel pretty silly, I think. And so um, <laughs> indeed, so, yeah. oh, very interesting. Thank you, Sawyer, for the question. All right, now Dita has a question for us, and Dita says, "I see a few players serving with a pickaxe motion." With a shake, it's like a shake hand version of Wang Hao's serve, and he doesn't understand why a professional is serving this way because there's not much wrist in the serve. Um, but he admits they are very hard to read. Can you tell us a little bit about this pickaxe serve, Alois? Yeah, so the pickaxe serve uh, on on our site we call it the punch serve, or um, we've got a couple of questions on there about the pargarel serve as well. So basically, it's where you are just coming forward this way. Um, with your with your racket, so you aren't using a lot of wrist. Sometimes you can use your wrist a little bit this way as you come through as well, but you certainly can't get as much spin as you can with, say, the pendulum serve or even the tomahawk serve that way. So it's quite it's quite a locked wrist position um, for the um, for the pickaxe serve or the punch serve. Um, is quite effective because you can just adjust the angle slightly. So that angle, you're going to get some backspin. That angle, you're going to get side spin or top spin. So it can be quite difficult for your opponent to tell what type of spins on the ball. So um, again, as a change-up type of serve, it's uh, it's really effective. There's a Scottish player, Gavin Rumgate. Who uses it really, really well? Um, he does use a bit of wrist with it as well, um, so he, he gets a little bit of wrist here and here as he's coming through. But um, but he yeah, it, it's very effective for him. And Pargarel uses it well, and uh, yeah, so quite a few players. 
So I guess the key to getting spin on the serve is have the bat moving fast and getting that fine brushing contact. So with this pickaxe serve, if you've got a sort of a bit of movement to get your arm moving fast, even if you aren't using wrist. So I guess that's where they get the speed of the bat from. Yeah, they are. They're using their shoulder and really rotating through there quite well. But it tends to not be such yeah such a fast serve. It's more it's more the deception. Rumge though does does really use his wrist a lot and does get the the ball spinning a lot as well, but a lot of the time they're not using their wrist much and just uh, just using the slight changes in the angle to uh, to get the effectiveness of the serve. Yes, and I guess it's like all those things. If you haven't faced this serve very much, then it is going to be harder to read the spin, especially with those slight changes in the angle. Yeah. Now, the other thing with that serve is it it is, you know, again, we talked about the service rule the other day. And there's a very fine line between hitting it um, where your opponent can see and where your opponent can't see, and often that uh, that uh, pickaxe serve can be hidden from your opponent, which uh, which can be a little bit more deceptive as well. Yes, I see. Because of the action, you're turning around a bit more, and it's easier to hide it. Mm, okay, so watch out. Don't be serving those illegal serves when the umpire's watching. No, I didn't say that. Don't serve those illegal serves. <laughs> Okay, um, Adam, I have been unable to return balls which dribble over the net. Often they hit hard and I'm expecting them to come fast and far back. Is it possible to increase the reaction speed to the point that you could lunge forward and return it? Yeah, it, it is possible. Um, I think, <clears throat> you know, that comes, that comes from having really good balance. If you've got really good balance, um, then you can react to... Um, something different that happens. If you're not balanced and the ball then drops short, then you're going to be sprawled all over the table. So focusing a lot on maintaining your balance is the first thing. The second thing is, is then just watching the ball really carefully. If you watch the ball carefully, again, you'll get better um, reaction time. So you'll see that ball hitting the net a little bit earlier. You'll get in there and you'll be able to react once you're in that balanced position. So so they're the two things. I mean, um, reactions you can improve as well um, by doing things like multi-ball. Multi-ball is good. <clears throat> so um, get the person to feed the ball out reasonably fast. Um, it can help with your reactions uh, to some extent as well. So um, first thing is making sure you're maintaining your balance. Secondly, um, really watching the ball carefully, and then you'll start to react to, um, to different balls. Okay, great tips, Alois. Yeah, both of them are so important, the balance, and I particularly like the watching the ball for reactions. A lot of people think that they're going to improve their reaction time by getting faster reactions somehow, but if you watch the ball, you see what's happening earlier, which gives you more time, so you appear to be reacting faster. But really, you're just seeing the ball earlier, so you've actually got more time to get into position and play the next shot. Great tips there, Alois and Adam. I hope they help you out. Well, I'll put some links to um, some of the balance videos in the show notes um, so you can check out that. All right, Alois, the next question is from Iriza. And Iriza says, some friends of mine said that my game is very predictable, 
like hitting the ball back right at where it came from and some other stuff as well. But I often lose because of this. I'm a looper, and how do I fix this? How do I stop my game being predictable? Yeah. So, Arisa, to start with, predictability is good because it means you're playing your, your strokes and your technique correctly. Once you once you have that, once you have those basics right, then you can start to think about just changing angles a little bit, changing the timing a little bit. So um, if you if you hit the ball a little bit earlier, the ball's going to go more cross-court. If you hit the ball a little bit later, the ball's going to go down the line. You can also change that angle with a little bit of change of your wrist as well. So those little changes are going to um, add to... Um, being less predictable. So we're changing the placement. The other things that you can change are the speed and the spin. So um, in the first question of today, we talked about the bread mill loop. So the just lifting the ball up with no spin. If you do that sometimes and then heavy spin sometimes, you're going to see that um, you're going to get a little bit more um, variation and be less predictable so then and also then the speed so sometimes it's coming through slower sometimes coming through faster and that's going to that's going to be enough you don't need to do too much more than that to be less predictable so don't you don't have to do necessarily some side spins or or weird and wonderful shots just think about varying the three things the speed spin and placement of your top spins to start with Mm, interesting, Alice. So, is it like a mindset? So, Erez is just uh, hitting the ball back to where it came from. Is it? How do you change that thought process? Is it just a matter of thinking about it before the game? Yeah, I think you know, starting to think tactically about what you want to do um, in a game as well, um, and just being a little bit more open um, with with what you're doing, and perhaps perhaps also just being a little bit more relaxed when you play. Um, Will, will help you to just open that, your mind up a little bit and start to explore the different possibilities on the table. Mm, and then how about in practice? So can you practice maybe like one spinny loop and one slow loop? Or for your direction, can you practice maybe looping one ball to your partner's forehand, then one to the backhand? Yeah, that, that, that's a really good uh, suggestion. So practicing those variations is really important. If you don't practice them... Um, during a training session, then it's going to be really difficult to do it when you get to a match situation. So yes, practice um, top spinning to different positions on the table, not just the one position. Practice playing a slow top spin, fast top spin, spinny top spin, um, bread mill. Just just give it all those different types of variations, and you'll um, you'll start to see that um, you'll have you know uh, more variation in your game as well. Excellent. All right. Well, hopefully that helps you out, Ariza. Try some of those tips, and I'm sure your game will be less predictable. Well, that wraps up episode 47 of the Ask the Coach Show. We've got some music to wrap it up, Alloys. Don't forget to go to our website, pingskills.com, and click on the blog link. Our show will be up there in a couple of minutes, and enter the competition to get a free month's membership. And have a great weekend, everybody, and enjoy your table tennis and the ITTF World Tour. Thank you, Alloys. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Yes, I'll be, uh, I'll be watching a bit of that ITTF uh, World Tour finals and uh, see how it all progresses. And we'll see you on Tuesday.
we will see you on Tuesday because Alois is busy doing a coaching camp. So everybody, have a great weekend, and we'll be back on Tuesday Australian time. See ya. Bye.